Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Cade Chumslin. Welcome back to another summer series edition of NFL Study Hall, breaking down each division in the National Football League. Last week, we had a great edition with the NFC East. Today, we are going to break down the much-anticipated AFC West. Now, sadly, the guest I promised from last week wasn't able to join me today, but nevertheless, we have so much to dive into. This has been notoriously known this offseason as one of the most stacked if not the most stacked divisions in football we got a lot to break down here i'm gonna let you know right now i've given everyone in this division regarding their offseason offseason moves the grade of an a one of them has the grade of an a plus and we're gonna break down each one comment below right now in social media or wherever who you think is that team with an A+. I'm going to break them down last out of these four teams. We've got the Denver Broncos, the LA Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs. In no particular order, we're going to break them down. Last team is going to have the A+. grade. Recently in sports, you've probably seen that Colin Kaepernick got a workout with the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday, so we'll jump into the Las Vegas Raiders first. Regarding Colin Kaepernick, here's what I have to say. There has been a whole lot of talk about how he has been done wrong by the NFL, how he should have been in the NFL six years ago, how he's been out of the NFL for so long. No one's given him a chance. What's going on? Now we're having sympathy for him what, because he was peacefully protesting. And here, here's what I have to say about all of that. I agree with most of it. Um, he has definitely been done wrong to an extent by the National Football League when it comes to him playing in the NFL. He is definitely an NFL-worthy quarterback. The other side of it for me is that when I first saw him peacefully protesting against the flag and against the National Anthem and kneeling down before football games, I took it very personally Both of my parents, if you guys don't already know, both of my parents are both veterans, grandfathers, veterans. I've had family members serve in World War II, Vietnam. I'm a very, very patriotic U.S. citizen. And to go against our nation's flag, to me, was not only an attack on the United States, but an attack on me and my family. So I took it very personally. I understand it was peaceful, but I did not like it. Now that we're six years past that, I definitely think it's been too long for Colin Kaepernick to get back into the NFL. The problem is I don't like his attitude with regarding the NFL and the people who have surrounded him, who have supported him. He didn't want to go to that tryout in 2019. It seems like he's been resistant this whole entire process. I'm not sure if teams also want to have that drama in their locker room regarding Colin Kaepernick. Definitely don't think he should be banned from the NFL. But the other side of me is, yes, I say he's a worthy quarterback in the National Football League. But compared to other teams, specifically in the AFC, Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion, would be on the lower tier of quarterbacks. If you look at his prime days, 
the most touchdowns in a single season he has ever thrown is 21. 21 touchdowns in a single season. All he's done. I know he's a dual threat quarterback, and he has gone for five touchdowns a five rushing touchdowns a season, four touch rushing touchdowns a season. So I get he's dual threat. But you look at other guys nowadays like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and all these other guys who are absolutely lighting it up, throwing the ball. I'm not sure if Colin Kaepernick is a good fit for any any of these AFC QBs, let alone taking over Derek Carr, who just got an extension and was on a hot streak to end the 2021 season. I don't think he's a good fit for the Las Vegas Raiders. I also don't know what the Raiders would do with him if they were to sign him. I think new head coach jo- or Mike McDaniels, I'm sorry, Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniels is with the Dolphins. I think new head coach Josh McDaniels did a very good press conference in the fact that he's saying, hey, we're not going to let anyone know what we saw. What we saw was good, but our intentions are going to be completely private. If I were them, I'd sign him and trade him and get something huge. That's what I would do because I think a lot of teams are in need of him, especially in the NFC. I could easily see him going back to San Francisco. I could see him getting picked up by the New York Giants. There's a lot of opportunities in the NFC, so I think the Raiders have a good chance of picking him up and then trading him. But I think Derek Carr is your man in Las Vegas, but Colin Kaepernick should also be a QB in the National Football League. That aside, let's break down really what the Raiders have done this offseason. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. A grade of an A. They started out even before all this offseason stuff happened by hiring Josh McDaniels, the former 10-year offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, has won a gazillion Super Bowls with Tom Brady, was in that system for so long. A lot of people don't know this, and I didn't really know this till I heard the news about Josh McDaniels, but he was a head coach in Denver before his tenure with New England. It didn't really work out over there, so we went back to the offensive or uh, offensive coordinator side of the business. And I think that really has done him justice. I think he really understands now what it's like to run a franchise underneath Bill Belichick, underneath Robert Kraft, and I think he's set and completely prepared to not deal with any nonsense that has been going on in Las Vegas. I mean, you talk about the stuff that Derek Carr in Las Vegas had to go through last year with the Henry Ruggs incident, with the John Gruden incident, with all these people getting hurt. I mean, it was torturous for that team. Josh McDaniels comes from a, comes from a system where they don't mess with that stuff. It is Bill Belichick. It is football. It is get your work done, and if you're not good enough, you're not playing. I'm going to build you up as a player, but if you can't get the job done, next man in. We obviously saw that with Tom Brady. We're going to see it here with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. If you don't have the stuff he needs you to do, you're off the field. I think his play calling is going to be absolutely perfect. He now has a run game in uh, Josh Jacobs, who I think is a very underrated running back in the National Football League. He's got a fantastic tight end, Darren Roller. And let's talk about the other weapons he's got on this field now. He picked up Devontae Adams. This is one of the this was the biggest blockbuster move at the start of it was very early in the offseason moves right after the whole Russell Wilson thing who we'll get to in a second. But Devontae Adams going and playing with his former Fresno State quarterback in Derek Carr, this is a match made in heaven. 
I think Devontae Adams immediately slips into this system and he's going to work perfectly with Josh. I mean, you think about that. You think about the wide receivers Josh McDaniels has had to coach up in the past. I know he's had great wide receivers like uh, Randy Moss and Wes Welker, but now you've got the new guy, Devontae Adams, who is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in football right now. Josh McDaniels gets to work with him. Darren Waller, a tight end. An offensive line that has slightly struggled, but they've made some adjustments to it. I think they'll be better this year than last year. This offense is primed to go deep into this division. On the other side of the ball, I think Chandler Jones has been an absolute perfect addition. They did lose Quinton Jefferson, who was on that defensive interior And he had, I think it was somewhere around six sacks last year. He had a good season, but they had to move on to Chandler Jones. Oh, Yannick Ngakwe is actually the bigger loss for them. I forgot about him. He had 10 sacks last year, something like that. He did phenomenal for the Raiders, and he got moved over back to Indianapolis. And they're going to do Chandler Jones instead. And Chandler Jones has obviously been a huge veteran in this league Career total of 88 and a half sacks, 10 and a half sacks last year alone. He will get paired very nicely with Max Crosby, who also got an extension this year. And Crosby has definitely been a force for the Las Vegas Raiders. That is going to be a very incredible upfront line with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby for the Las Vegas Raiders. On the secondary side, one of their weaker points, but they did pick up Roxy Sin, who he is very young. He was the guy who brought, came in for Yannick Ngakwe in Indianapolis. Didn't have a great season last year, but he's got a ton of talent. He's very young, and I definitely think Josh McDaniels can help him out. They also got. Uh, they also brought in Bilal Nichols, defensive interior man. Uh, Jayon Brown, linebacker. On the offensive line, Jermaine Illuminor, who's going to help out with what we believe to be the right side of that offensive line, so that'll help there. Drafting Dylan Parham from Memphis, who was one of the best offensive guards in this draft. Also, Zamir White, the great running back out of Georgia, to help out with Josh Jacobs, who is has been injury-prone. Zamir White will be a nice addition there. The biggest losses for the Raiders, obviously, I said Ngakwe, Quentin Jefferson. They lost Casey Hayward, who was a pretty decent cornerback, but obviously they think that Rock Yasin is going to be the next man up. Marcus Mariota, his loss to the Atlanta Falcons has kind of, I think, been the biggest reason you would even consider Colin Kaepernick. And I believe we'll get to Marcus Mariota later this summer. But I think Mariota is primed to do extremely well in the long term. Atlanta looks awful in 2022. But in the long term, I think Marcus Mariota can get back to that place he was when he was in Tennessee. Obviously, I love what the Las Vegas Raiders have done this offseason. I look forward to them really putting a dent in the AFC West. They made the playoffs last year at a 10-7 and record. I think they can do better in 2022. From one highly talked about team to the next, let's go to the Denver Broncos, who are also working with a new head coach and even a new quarterback, Nathaniel Hackett. First-time head coach out of Green Bay also brings his squad of coordinators, so a new coaching look in Denver for the second time in, I believe, three years. So we'll see if Denver can finally find their new co- their new head coach. 
But Russell Wilson, let's let's just break down Russell Wilson. Was this trade actually worth it? It was for Drew Locke, Noah Font, their number one tight end, Shelby Harris, who had six sacks last year, two first rounders, two second rounders, and a fifth rounder. They also received a fourth rounder in addition to Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. I'll say this right now. If the Seattle or if the Denver Broncos do not make the AFC Championship in the next two years, this trade was not worth it. Two first rounders and two second rounders, along with your starting QB, your starting tight end, and one of your best defensive ends for one quarterback. I get that he's probably a future Hall of Famer. I get that he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I get that he was probably the best talent in the AFC West for his tenure there at Seattle or for uh, with the NFC West. But this many people, we're talking eight bodies, two first rounders, two second rounders, Noah Font, Shelby Harris. This was a lot in my opinion. It's worth it if you make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl in the next two years. You guys have gone all in. The Denver Broncos have gone all in more than any other team in the National Football League to win now. You look at that defense from last year. Top 10 in points allowed. One of the best secondaries in the National, if not the best secondary in the National Football League. Along with the Los Angeles Rams and some other good deep cornerbacks like that. But you look at this team and their defense is coming strong. You pick up one of the biggest signings this offseason, Randy Gregory from the Dallas Cowboys, Alex Singleton, DJ Jones. You draft Greg, Dol- or you draft uh, Nick Benito from OU uh, as an outside linebacker. You bolster up this defense. You bring in a solid QB. My concern, really, I know they've helped out with the offensive line a little bit. You grab Billy Turner, but my biggest thing is going to be the specialty players. Is Cortland Sutton a number one wide receiver? Last year, he proved out to be the number one wide receiver in Denver after Jerry Judy couldn't really figure out what he was doing. But Jerry Judy's going to have to have one of the best second wide receiver years that we've seen in a long time because last year was very much a flop for the rookie. And I also wonder what's going to happen on the running back side. Can Javon Williams or Javante can Javante Williams come back in a way that we were shocked that he did his rookie season? Is Melvin Gordon gonna be able to back him up enough? You lost to Noah Font. You have to bring up starting tight end Albert Ogwebanam. I mean, is he a number one tight end? Is Tim Patrick able to get in the starting lineup as your third wide receiver? There is a lot of questions that I'm not sure. I know Russell Wilson hasn't dealt with the best wide receivers, but he's had wide receivers like Doug Baldwin. He's or Doug Baldwin. He's had uh, DJ, uh, DK Metcalf. He's had Tyler Lockett. He's had Jimmy Graham as a tight end. He's had the luxury. He's had the beast of a running back, Marshawn Lynch. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing I saw when I was looking back at Russell Wilson's career. The four seasons where he had the most touchdowns out of anyone in his, uh, out of any four-year period in his career was 2017 to 2020. And I mentioned it last year, only quarterback in that time span to have 30-plus touchdowns all those four consecutive years. He 
didn't get to the NFC Championship game in any of those four years. The two years he went to the Super Bowl, his touchdowns were 26 and 20. Two of the lowest numbers, 20 was the lowest he had ever thrown in his career, and he played all 16 games. Russell Wilson does very well when he has the rush game at his back. It's going to do it's going to rely on Javante Williams and Melvin Ingram and that offensive line to help out Russell Wilson if he's going to be as efficient as he was in Seattle. Overall, you have to give the Denver Broncos an A, though. They've hit all the marks they needed to. Now it's up to Russell Wilson getting the job done. This defense is going to be just as good as they were last year, if not better, now that they have interior stuff with Randy Gregory and Alex Singleton. We already know they've got the, uh, the secondary with Patrick Sertan and the boys, so... This Denver Broncos team is definitely going to be a force to reckon with. Forced to be reckoned with. It's all up to Russell Wilson and the specialty players on offense. Let us move now to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has had a busy offseason as well, even though no one has really mentioned what they've done outside of the huge trades that they've made able that they've been able to make happen. Obviously, we need to talk about Tyreek Hill. Right, we need to talk about Tyreek Hill. They did not lose as much stuff for Tyreek Hill as I thought they did when they originally made that transaction. You look at the actual trade itself. The 2022 first rounder, second round, fourth round, and 2023 fourth round and sixth round. They only lost this year's first round and second round pick. I think it's kind of a steal they made I know it's trading Tyreek Hill, and that is absolutely awful for their team when it comes to a receiving standpoint, but they didn't give him up for the for everything like the Broncos did for Russell Wilson, but I think they've, um, let's just say, fill in the hole nicely. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling have come in, and they will be massive to the develop to not the development, but to getting the pressure off of Travis Kelsey. Because when all of us were hearing this news that Tyreek Hill is gone, my thought immediately went to Travis Kelsey's your only receiver. Now everyone knew about Travis Kelsey before, but now literally the world is going to put a target on his back that he is the only person to cover, which should automatically happen. But now you bring in two veteran wide receivers who know what they're doing who can come in and take the pressure off. Also, rookie wide receiver Skyler Moore can or Sky Moore from Western Michigan can also help out with taking off that pressure. He's got a lot of talent from Western Michigan. You've got three solid wide receivers that come in. Now you can put the pressure off of Travis Kelsey and give Russell Wilson someone to work with. He also has Ronald Jones the second, who in his prime was a force in Tampa Bay before Leonard Fournette showed up and basically took over that backfield. So I think Ronald Jones is huge. They lost Daryl Williams, but they replaced it with Ronald Jones, and I think Ronald Jones is better. There were some other losses for the Kansas City Chiefs that they did fill in the holes in the draft. They lost Melvin Ingram, a big offensive or a big outside linebacker who is one of their forces in the in the um, pass rushing game. And then also Tyron Matthew, the huge deal with the New Orleans Saints as a 
free agent. But in the draft, they did pick up Trent McDuffie from Washington in the first round, as as well as defensive end George Kalaftis from Purdue. So they got the edge rusher. They got the cornerback who can help out in the secondary. So the holes have been filled. This is a team that I think a lot of people forget made the AFC championship last year with the horrendous defense that we thought they had with the poor play from Patrick Mahomes. They've, they've picked it up great. They've also picked up uh, Jermaine Carter, linebacker, as well as Houston's cornerback Justin Reed, who is an old-time veteran. Hopefully, he's still got some game in him. He did, he did well in 2021 with the Houston Texans. So overall, this is a team that I, I'm going to give them the A, as well, even though they had that off that huge loss with Tyreek Hill and Tyred Matthew, I think is going to be a huge, a big loss as well. But they filled in the holes. They brought in more great talent. They drafted well in the first round. And I think this is a team that is just where they were last year, if not better, when it comes to an all-around football team that's not going to lose as many points on the defensive side, that's just going to generate as many points on offense. And they're still, I mean, this is a Patrick Mahomes-led team. I know they only went 12-5 and last year. They're going to probably go somewhere around that this year solely because of their history with their division. But I think outside of their division, this is one of the best teams in the AFC. Moving on, finally, we're going to get to our A-plus team, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers, guys. Do I think this is the best team in the AFC West? I will not reveal that, but when it comes to rosters that have been improved this offseason, you have to give it to the Los Angeles Chargers. Khalil Mack. J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Gerald Everett, Kyle Van Noy, drafting Zion Johnson, drafting J.T. Woods, keeping Mike Williams on a long-term deal. Literally the only thing they lost was by, or, uh, Brian Balaga in the tackle position who has been getting old. I, I understand it. I'm disappointed with it, but I understand it. Everything that was wrong with this team last year specifically defense and specifically run defense was addressed. You put in some huge bodies in the interior. We obviously know how amazing Khalil Mack is and how his tenure with the Chicago Bears was definitely on a decline. Now he comes back into the AFC West. His old former team was the Las Vegas, with back then the Oakland Raiders. He comes back to the division with the Raiders. He knows how to play against them. He knows how to play against Derek Carr. He's now with a new team that has Super Bowl contention with this new roster. Also on the secondary side, J.C. Jackson, considered one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, had eight interceptions last year alone. Sebastian Joseph Day, the defensive tackle, huge body in there, along with defensive lineman Austin Johnson. Also, veteran Kyle Van Noy, who had history with the Patriots, was a great linebacker there. And then JT Woods, the safety out of Baylor, who was drafted in, I believe, the third round of the draft. So overall, this defense has definitely been improved. On the offensive side, you bring in Gerald Everett as your new tight end. You grab Zion Johnson in the second round. You extend Mike Williams and make sure he's there. He had a breakout season in 2021. We obviously know he was fantastic, but the breakout season he had last year solidified himself as maybe the number one wide receiver. Keenan Allen, his attitude has been absolutely fantastic. I think he's a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL right now, but he has kept under the radar, hasn't demanded any long-term max contract, wants to let the team do the work, 
We obviously know about Justin Herbert. We obviously know about Austin Eckler. Eckler, I've seen in a lot of people's uh, rankings, might be the number one fantasy running back in the NFL this year. Not exactly sure how I feel about that. The reason he was up there is because they used him in the screen game so much, and it worked so well. It added a whole new weapon arsenal that Justin Herbert could use. Here's my biggest concern with the Los Angeles Chargers is Justin Herbert. Now, please don't hate on me for this, but this is a man who had an offense this year very similar to the offense who had last year, and the team went 9-8. and eight. I know you can throw the statistics about he had the worst uh, defense in the National Football League, third most points allowed out of any team in the entire league. I understand that. But there were times that this team, you look at the eight losses they had, Four of them were one-score differences. Four of them were one-score differences. There were times, especially on fourth down, that Justin Herbert couldn't get it done. And I know he almost led the league in yards, and I know he had top five touchdowns. But his QBR was not great. His The attitude I got from the Los Angeles Chargers was they were surviving especially on the defensive side, but a little bit on the offensive side. The play calling is definitely, definitely going to have to get better. They obviously exposed the screen game at the end of the year. The deep ball was all over the place with Mike Williams. This team is going to have to say a lot these first five weeks. These first five weeks, if you can't get this offensive offensive side down, teams are going to eat you up. But when it comes to a roster perspective, the additions of Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Gerald Everett, Mike Williams' extension was the best I had seen in this division. Everything that they needed to address, specifically in um, beating the rush game on the defensive side, was addressed. I loved everything they did this offseason. I am scared to be as hyped about this team like I was last year. I think I had this team like going 14-2 and last year. It was something ridiculous like that that I didn't really want to put out there but man guys I am so hyped about this team I want them to do so well I had them going yeah I had them going 14 and 3 last year that was my that was my prediction and it did not happen so based on the productivity I saw last year from this team as a whole I'm scared to be as hyped about them this year I think they have a completely different roster and completely better roster this year than they did last year. But I don't know if I want to put them as high on my standings list because of the inefficiency I saw last year. You will find out who I think is the best team in this division when I get to my standings in August when we go through preseason football. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging in with me. That was the AFC West standings. All A's with an A-plus coming from the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me know if you think something should be different, but I'll let you know who the best is come later this summer. Thank you guys so much. Peace out.